What is, what is going on, ladies and gentlemen? I'm your host, Vic, and welcome back to Victory Lane. On today's episode, we're going to talk about that precious eight seed in the Western Conference. Who's going to take it? Not to mention, we just had NBA opening night. Guys, there is so much to cover, so why don't you guys just pull up a seat, grab a cold one, and DJ, hit my damn music! What's up, guys? So let's just get right on into it. Who is going to take that eight seed in the Western Conference? There are so many teams vying for that eight seed that it can go many different ways. But if you ask me, it really comes down to three main teams. So I got the stat sheet right in front of me. Let's peel this back layer by layer and let's just dive on in. So currently, the Memphis Grizzlies occupy the eight seed at a record of 32 and 33. Coming in at ninth, you have the Portland Trailblazers at 29 and 37. And then last but not least, the New Orleans Pelicans come in at 28 and 36. So it's basically a three-person race. You can count the Kings and the Spurs and the Suns. They are there in the bubble, but they honestly do not have much of a chance of really vying for that eight seed, in my opinion. Sorry, Spurs fans. Sorry, Suns fans. Sorry, Kings fans. It's the truth. So, kind of dissecting who has the best chance of taking it, in my opinion, I'm rolling with the Portland Trailblazers, and I'll tell you why. The Portland Trailblazers are all healthy currently. They have Damian Lillard, who just balled out this year, keeping this team afloat. Not to mention they have CJ McCollum, his wingman, who was also a stud. And then coming back healthy from a very serious injury, we have Jusuf Nurkic, who had a gruesome leg injury in which his leg broke in half, guys. It was absolutely disgusting, and I'm honestly surprised that he's still playing the game of basketball, but he was able to, you know, get his leg fixed up, and I think, I'm think i pretty sure they put a metal rod in it to keep it steady and keep it afloat, and he seems ready to go, guys. He's healthy, he's gone through conditioning practice, and the coaches are giving him the green light to play in this NBA restart. And then also, you have Carmelo Anthony, who has been an absolute lose spark plug for this team in which Carmelo before the season started did not have a team there were no suitors for him I felt really sorry for him because a guy of his stature his caliber of player he deserves to be on the court so when Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum reached out and really campaigned for him to join the team I was all for it he's a baller and he has not really taken too much off his game of course he's older and he has to change he has to play different play different style but he is still a knockdown shooter without a doubt and he has been performing pretty darn well for them as of late and with all these pieces, guys, I just can't see a better package of players to take that eight seed. You can honestly maybe say the New Orleans Pelicans, in which they have the reigning number one pick in the draft in Zion Williamson, who undoubtedly deserved it and is an absolute beast. Double-double machine, guys. High octane, high offense, high motor kind of character kind of dude who just comes in and out of the lineup with so much energy and provides such a huge spark for this team. 
But the only thing holding back this team is that he's on a minute restriction because the team is worried about overloading him too early and risking injury because Zion's kind of a bigger, stockier dude. And before he came to the league, he had a very serious foot injury that could have jeopardized his career. So the coaches are eyeing on the side of caution. And from what I'm hearing, he's still going to be on a minute restriction come the NBA restart. And without your best player in the court playing full minutes, I don't see them really putting up much of a fight against the Trailblazers or the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, not to discredit the Memphis Grizzlies, going back to them, the Grizzlies have had that eight seed all this year. John Moran has balled out the number two overall pick, who I totally co-signed. He was an absolute baller in the NCAA tournament, carrying his team with his shot calling, his decision making, his leadership on and off the court. That team relied on him, and he was definitely worthy of that number two overall pick. Not to mention the Grizzlies have Jaron Jackson Jr., Dylan Brooks, and Jonas Valanciunas, who actually has been a surprising revelation this season for the Grizzlies in the center position. They look good too, but they're just not quite the same caliber of team as the Portland Trailblazers. So they're my pick to take it. Uh, it's going to be a fight, guys. I'm looking forward to seeing it. An absolute dogfight in and out of the trenches. It can go either way between these three teams, but if I'm putting my money on it, I'm, port- I'm picking the Portland Trailblazers to take it and face my Lakers in the first round. Now, guys, it has been far too long. It has been a long and treacherous four months, but... NBA opening night is here, and boy, did it live up to the hype. My goodness. We had two incredible matchups the league put up for us, guys, in which the first one was the New Orleans Pelicans versus the Utah Jazz, and then the Lakers and the Clippers. So, guys, let's jump right into these two tremendous matchups and let's break them down so guys NBA opening night was on TNT this Thursday and I was just overly joyed to see Kenny Shaq Charles Barkley and the crew all back there and acting like you know things are just business as usual it was a very unique setup in the TNT studios in which they had plexiglass separating all the commentators but the guys seemed to just roll with the punches and they were able to adapt very quickly to the new normal in the studio so the NBA broadcast guys went on the air with a huge video package put forth by Meek Mill And it was so inspirational, guys. He referenced the Black Lives Matter movement. He talked about the pandemic and COVID-19, how it affected all different countries all across the globe and how people just need like something to cheer about, something to get them happy and riled up and some sense of normalcy and how basketball can be that type of avenue for so many people and how and how important it is that this restart happens. He also talked about Allen Iverson, one of his favorite players. He was a Philly guy, and that's who he looked up to. Not to mention he talked about Kobe and his one interaction he had with him in which Kobe congratulated him on his success and wished him nothing but the best looking towards the future and thought he was an awesome rapper. And then the players hit the court, guys. And the feel of the game, guys, it felt like a normal game. And it felt very hyped. It felt not abnormal. 
I was shocked. I thought there was going to be a little weird, you know, kind of feel to it with no fans cheering, but the production value put forth by the TNT crew absolutely made it feel like a normal game with just so much on the line with this restart happening. So before the game started, guys, the Black Lives Matter movement was a huge focal point. All the players are wearing Black Lives Matter shirts, Black Lives Matter trunks, and they all linked arms and took a knee during the national anthem in support. And once the national anthem was over, guys, we got right into tip-off. So the first game was the Pelicans versus the Utah Jazz. And it was an absolute barn burner, guys, for the first game out. Sensational. Both teams came ready to play. I'm looking at the stat sheet right now and some people to mention who really stood out to me. Jordan Clarkson, who put up 23 points, 5 rebounds, and 3 assists. And then we have Donovan Mitchell coming in at 20 points, 5 assists, 5 rebounds. Conley, coming off injury, looked like he didn't skip much of a beat and that he's totally healthy. He put in 24-1. and one. I mean, there was production all across the board. There were a total of one, two, three, four, five, six players in double digits for the Jazz. And they ended up getting the win, guys, in a very close, tight one, 106-104 final. The Pelicans, they played well. But as I said, that Zion limit restriction really held them back. I mean, Ingram came out with 23 and 8, 23 points, 8 rebounds. You had Drew Holiday, who had 20 points, 4 assists, 5 rebounds. J.J. Redick was huge off the bench for the Pelicans at 21, 3, and 4. But it just wasn't enough, guys. It came right down to a Brandon Ingram shot at the buzzer, 3 shot in the corner. But he bricked it. And that was all she wrote. The Utah Jazz squeak out a very close tight one and are able to maintain their place in the Western Conference. The Pelicans, this was a huge loss for them. This game was important. If they wanted to really make a push for that eight seed, they needed to get this victory. And this, with this loss, it doesn't bode well for them. They're going to have to really step it up these next seven games if they want to compete with the Portland Trailblazers and the Memphis Grizzlies. And then, guys... To close out the night, we had the game everyone's been looking forward to. My Los Angeles Lakers versus the Los Angeles Clippers. The LA rivalry. The matchup that has been talked about all this season long with the Kawhi Leonard movement to the Clippers and the Anthony Davis move to the Lakers. There was so much on the line, guys. The Clippers currently have the lead in the series of 2-1, to one, but the Lakers won that last matchup. So this game was huge between because it's the last meeting they're going to have before the playoffs. And guys, similar to the Pelicans and Utah Jazz, this game also came down to the wire. And get this. The margin of victory was identical to the Utah Jazz in the Pelicans game. A two-point differential to decide this bout, guys. So let's take a look at the stats for this one. I mean, just looking at them from what I can see, guys, here, the Lakers came out and performed well. Anthony Davis had 34 points, 8 rebounds, and 4 assists. And then looking at Kyle Kuzma off the bench, my 
boy, my dog. He put in 16.7 rebounds and two assists. Most notably, guys, he was four of seven from the three-point arc. That is huge for Kyle. He needed that three-point shot to come along to really transcend his game. And then the pickup, guys, in replace of Avery Bradley, Dion Waiters. Let me say his name again. Dion freaking Waiters came to play and was huge for us in replace of Bradley. He put up a huge 11 points, guys, off the bench. 11 two and three, two assists and three rebounds. This was huge, guys, because we don't have another shot creator coming off the bench. And Dion Waiters was the kind of dude that can come in, control the tempo, run some point, make a knockdown shot, create his own basket, something we need on this squad. So looking at it, guys, and of course, we can't forget the king as well. LeBron James, he didn't play well, guys, to start off the night. But he finished with 16 points, 11 rebounds, and 7 assists. And kind of walk you guys through the ending of this game. It came down to the final possessions here, guys. It was a tie game. 101-101. With about a little under 20 seconds left to go, Lakers basketball. Of course, the ball's in LeBron's hands. He is the shot caller of this squad. He drove the ball down the lane in between Kawhi and Marcus Morris. And he put up a very weird shot that bounced off the front of the rim and then bounced right back to him. In which he caught his rebound and then put it right back in. And the Lakers took the lead 103-101. And then, guys... This next possession really showed the kind of guy LeBron James is. The final possession. The Clippers had a chance to win the game. 103-101, Lakers up. Kawhi Leonard has the ball in his hands. He is guarded by none other than LeBron James. And LeBron has been D'ing up Kawhi all night. He has been putting the lockdown clamps on him and made it tough for him. Of course, Kawhi is going to get his. He got his, guys. He balled out. But LeBron locked him out in this last possession. Kawhi took it down low. Couldn't get nothing. LeBron clamped him. Kawhi kicks it out to Paul George. LeBron switches with his defender. And now he's on Paul George. Top of the key here. And Paul George, with about seven seconds left to go, tries to create something. Clearly struggling. Puts up a wild three shot. Clanks off the backboard. Touches the back of the rim and out. And the Lakers... Yes, the Los Angeles Lakers get a huge win to start the NBA restart with a 103-101 victory. Guys, my heart was racing <laughs> this entire minute, this entire last two possessions. And to be frank, honestly, the last five minutes because it was so tight. But we were able to squeak it out, and I can't be happier. The guys played well. Caruso, although it won't say in the stat sheet, he played a very key role. He had so many active possessions where his hands are up he's swiping at balls he's crafty a huge defender for the squad and he put it in for them guys so huge win for the lakers looking at the clippers side of things the clippers also i mean of course it was a tough game they played well Kawhi put in 28 points four assists and three rebounds he got his and then paul george he was a machine guys automatic he was six of 11 from the three-point arc he was, I mean, he was killing us all night. I mean, he was just, he couldn't be stopped. I was actually shocked he missed the last possession shot. And he finished with 30 points, five rebounds, and three assists.
And then Reggie Jackson came in with 10, 6, and 4. And then Patrick Beverly, who was questionable going in, actually played in this game, and he was 12, 1, and 1. 12 points off the bench for them, which is pretty good contribution for the Clippers. So, guys, I mean, tonight's basketball games were everything a fan could have wanted. Two close games, both disguided by two points in the last possessions. I mean, what more could we have wanted? The NBA absolutely killed it. I thought it was a great way to open the night, and I just can't wait to see what happens in the future, guys. We have games going on for the next week and two weeks. Every night, we're going to get very important matchups, and I absolutely can't wait. If the games following are just like tonight, then woo! We are in for a good time, guys. So I just want to thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Victory Lane. Next week, we talk more NBA basketball, and then we also dive into the NFL side of things. Training camp is starting up for them, and the season looks to be approaching. So guys, take care, stay safe, and I will see you all on the next one.